0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, September 1st. 2020 time has both gone incredibly slow and remarkably fast here in 2020 we're already in september wake me up when september ends Today, with no Tigers game being played last night, we're going to talk about some of the ripple effects of the trade deadline, uh, what teams maybe won, what were some moves that intrigued me, you know, with, with shows like this, I just kind of talk about whatever, and goings on throughout Major League Baseball that intrigued me. We are uh, technically in the home stretch, we are in the home stretch, even if uh, it was a 162 game season, we'd be in the home stretch. What a, what a fascinating time it's been in Major League Baseball, admittedly. As electric a trade deadline as I can remember. And it makes me think. And we'll see where how this looks a year from now. How this take ages. I'm starting to believe that this 16-team playoff idea might end up being something that they stick with. People love trade talk. People love that dynamic. They love the hot stove. And I think Rob Manfred sees that and i think you have all these teams in a 60 game season but even it would happen in a 162 game season as well who are under the belief that they can make a push teams and i'll talk about them but teams like the blue jays you know who in and, and nor under normal circumstances would probably be more likely sellers than they would be buyers making some moves acquiring three starting pitchers over the last couple days because they believe that they can fight for a playoff spot I think this is something that might end up working for the MLB. Now, I'm against it. I I like the playoff format the way it is. And once again, conversation for another day. But I I think this format is enticing a lot of people. I think it's getting a lot of fringe fans more into the game because they believe that their team actually has a shot at making some sort of move into the postseason. But before I get into all of that, I'm going to start with the Tigers. This is, of course, Locked On Tigers. It's not Locked On Baseball. You can find that somewhere else. You want Tigers news, you come to Uncle Chris. Tigers did make one move right under the wire yesterday. I mean, it was over the wire. The The, the trade deadline had ended. It was past 4 o'clock. I was on my uh, my daily walk slash jog. It's either jogging or Auging, it may be a soft J, but the Tigers made a move. They didn't trade Scope, they didn't trade Romine, they didn't trade anyone except for Cameron Maben. Cameron Maben traded to the Chicago Cubs, the first place Chicago Cubs, in exchange for 25-year-old infielder Zach Short. Zach Short, like I said, 25 years old, comes in at 5'10", 180 pounds, bats right-handed, throws right-handed, initially drafted by the Cubs in 2016 in the 17th Round. He was going to be in AAA this season, obviously, the minor league season, through all of that stuff for a loop. But he was on their taxi squad reading off of his Major League Baseball.com bio. It said After Short led the Southeast Conference with nine homers and 33 walks as a Sacred Heart sophomore in 2015, lackluster performance in the Cape Cod League and his junior season depressed his draft stock. After signing for 80000 as a 17th rounder in 2016, he regained his power and steadily advanced through the system. He began 2019 in AAA and was poised to make his big league debut later in the year, but an errant pitch broke his left hand in April, sidelining him for 10 weeks and hampering him afterward. Short made up for some of that lost time in the Arizona Fall League and was added to the Cubs' 40-man roster in November, though they traded him to the Tigers for Cameron Maben at the 2020 deadline. That, of course, happened yesterday. Short has surprising power for his size thanks to quick hands and an aggressive approach in which he tries to pull and left everything with his right-handed swing. He will need to shorten his stroke, develop more consistency, and make adjustments to catch up to fastballs in the zone. While he doesn't hit for average, he does work deep in counts and draw a lot of walks, fueling healthy on-base percentages. Short can help a team beyond his bat using his solid speed well on the bases and playing quality defense at a number of positions. He might be the best shortstop in the Tigers' system, and his quickness and strong arm allow him to, to get the job done at second and third base as well. He has a ceiling as a Zach Kozart type regular, but more likely will be a slugging utility man. So that that seems to be the general consensus, not just on MLB.com, but everywhere, that his ceiling is that of, of a utility guy. Probably not an everyday guy, but a guy maybe you could plug into the lineup who can hit for some power. We'll strike out a lot, but we'll also draw a fair amount of walks. Look, do I think Zach Short is some big steal. Do I think that he's going to develop into a star player here in Detroit? No, I don't. Not at all. But you you can't look at it that way. If you just look at it as, oh, man, is this guy a major league player? Uh, You'll drive yourself crazy. You have to evaluate everything based on where the market is at, based on the circumstances surrounding the season, and based on what players of Cameron Maven's caliber uh, typically... Uh, go for in terms of trades and to me I would view this and I'm not saying the guy's going to develop into anything I would view this as a mild win for Alavila. like no I don't think Zach Short will amount to much but you are trading Cameron Maven a 30-something aging outfielder who who's a good player I like Cameron Maben. you know he's he's grown up a whole lot From where he was when he was first in Detroit, he's developed as a a gentleman, as a leader. He's a good player. He won a World Series with with Houston in 2017. It seems like everywhere he goes, especially over the last five, six years or so, he adds something uh, to a baseball team. But you are trading him for, what, 28 games to a team that already has an outfield. I mean, they already have Happ and Schwarber and Jason Hayward. So he's essentially going to be a fourth outfielder for them. You're trading him... And you get a guy who is a project, a potential utility guy. I don't think that's that terrible of a trade, to be honest with you. The one gripe I have, and it's it's, it's a minor gripe, but I feel like a legitimate gripe, is that I wish they would have gone for somebody younger. Now, maybe they tried. But the reason why that Parade steal is looking better and better by the day is that You get a guy with potentially a high ceiling, which Isaac Paredes does have a high ceiling, who was very young at the time. I mean, a lot of people overuse this term, but a guy who hadn't necessarily grown into his body yet. Zach Short is, at this point in his career, probably what Zach Short is going to be uh, for the rest of his time at the Major League level. He's 25 years old. He's developed long enough. We will see here pretty soon what type of player he's going to be. I bet we'll see him before the end of the year. I really do. Now, in terms of why they made this trade, the point I brought up in the video that I made after it went down is that I think the Tigers like their outfield more than they did at the beginning of the season. Jacoby Jones, streaky as hell, does strike out a lot, but it has earned the right to be an everyday outfielder for this baseball team. Absolutely. He's been, he's been good. Victor Reyes, controversy aside, you know, you look at the, some of the advanced statistics, they aren't pretty, has earned the right to be an everyday outfielder here. The guy, I mean, look, the power isn't really there. Guy hits 300. Like, he's been pretty solid for this baseball team over the last calendar year or so. And then you have a couple guys that they're split on. They're apparently trying out Willie Castro in left field. I don't, I don't, I think that is so dumb. Why do they do this? Why do they like doing that so much? They just love taking guys who have a set position and moving them all around the diamond. I don't get it. Maybe it's because the Dodgers do it and it's worked for them. The Detroit Tigers are not the Los Angeles Dodgers. You have Kristen Stewart, who I, I'm I'm close to giving up on. I'm not there yet, but Kristen Stewart, like early next year, if he's not showing it, he's going to get DFA'd. Like He's just not looking like a major league ball player. And then you have probably Travis Demerrit, who will get called up here pretty soon. And I think they still believe in Daz Cameron. And they still believe in Derek Hill. So that's uh, becoming a fairly crowded outfielder. And of all the guys that you could have potentially moved. You weren't going to move Jones. You weren't going to move Reyes. No one would take Stewart. And you're not going to move any of the young guys like Cameron or Hill. So it made sense to move Cameron Mabin. I wish him the best. And it would not shock me in the slightest if uh, they end up re-signing him. I think he likes playing in Detroit. He wants to be here. I think he wants to finish his career in Detroit. That's just a hunch. He still, I think, has has, has a few productive years left in him. Okay, so that will do it for segment one. When I come back, I am going to talk about some other goings-on throughout Major League Baseball, mainly the trade that went down between the, the Padres and the Indians. Mike Clevenger going to San Diego for a plethora of prospects. We'll be right back. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs, I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com/slash mlb. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. And we're back. So, like I said at the end of segment one, the Padres just added a bunch of pieces at the deadline. Mike Clevenger being one of them. Mike Clevenger, after breaking COVID proto, was traded to the San Diego Padres in a blockbuster deal. Cleveland receives right-hander Cal Quantrill, outfielder Josh Naylor, and catcher Austin Hedges, along with three minor league prospects, shortstop Gabriel Arias, left-hander Joey Cantillo, and shortstop Owen Miller. Here's the way I look at that trade, because it was the most substantial trade that went on yesterday, so let's talk about it. A lot of people are really high on the Padres. A lot of people believe that the Padres can compete this year, and in a 16-team postseason, sure, go for it. I don't think they're as good as they think they are. I still think they're a year away. Clevenger is a top 15 pitcher in baseball when he's on. I think Chris Paddock has a whole lot of potential, but I'm not a huge fan of that rotation. That bullpen has kind of been held together with duct tape. I mean, they've lost several guys, but it's been better recently. They have a great offense. They have an enticing team. Like, they have an explosive team. But to me, they're like somewhere in between what the White Sox are now and what the White Sox were At the end of last season, which is a team that is very capable of competing, but not the best team in their own division and not to me a legitimate World Series contender, even with the moves they made. But as far as the Indians, how they look with this deal. Look, I don't have any problem with them dealing Clevenger. The fact is, the Indians develop starting pitching so well. They develop talent so well. Like, I always bring up starting pitching, but they've developed some really solid position players over the years. Kipnis, Lindor, J-Ram, Michael Brantley. Take your pick. I mean, they've done a really great job of developing young talent. They have already a very good starting staff. Uh, That remains unchanged. Please, Sack, will be back here. In a little bit, I think he'll be making a start in the next day or so. And ultimately, I think this trade will age well for them. Because they develop talent really well, I think all the guys that they got, a majority of them, uh, will probably end up being solid Major League ball players. Based on what the Indians have done with young talent in the past, I have no reason to believe that they won't turn out to be solid players. What does surprise me, though, is that the Indians are a first-place baseball team. The Indians have not won a World Series in 80-something years. I mean, it might even be over 90 at this point. And in a 60-game season where weird stuff can happen and you have what was you know, a, a lockdown rotation, obviously losing Clevenger you know, hurts that status, but still a very good rotation with the best pitcher in the American League right now in Shane Bieber. To me, their 2020 roster is worse today than it was before before they traded Clevenger. And for a team that was tied for first, that is not only strange, that's really rare. How rare is it that a first-place team actually gets worse at the deadline? And I add, and I love my Cleveland Indians fans. I love the, the people in my feed, the, all, the, all the Indians people. I think they're, they're wonderful. But their argument seemed to be that, well, there was an upgrade because Naylor is going to take Greg Allen's job, and that's an upgrade in the outfield. Maybe. You're also forgetting the fact you traded away a top 15 pitcher. Like, if you think that Naylor is going to get you over the top and win you a division or a World Series, you are sorely mistaken. The White Sox have two all-stars in their outfield right now, in Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. And you think that losing Greg Allen, addition by subtraction essentially, that's going to get you over the top? Dude, no way. I would say I, I wouldn't call them one of the losers of the deadline because to me, a, a bad trade for a team is a trade that doesn't have the potential to age well. Like when the Tigers traded J.D. Martinez for Dowell Lugo, you knew none of these guys were going to produce, none of these guys were going to be Major League ball players. It wasn't a good trade at the time, and it hasn't aged well as a trade. I'm sure these guys will end up being solid Major League players, but I don't think you did enough right now to bolster your roster. And I, I look at the way the standings are right now, I think the Chicago White Sox still have the the best team in the AL Central, and I will feel that way until proven otherwise. Last year, at the deadline I thought the Indians had the best team, and I was proven wrong. The Twins went on to win that division fairly easily. Real quick, and boy oh boy, I almost forgot about this, the Tigers do play a game tonight, a a game at Miller Park. Miller... 740 game against the Brewers. I'm just going to preview the pitching matchup here real quick. I've talked about Michael Falmer enough, and, and Josh Lindblom's numbers are terrible, so Josh Lindblom Comes in one-and-two record 631 ERA. Lindblom ranks seventh in Major League Baseball with 12.62 strikeouts per nine innings, and he will face a Tigers team with the MLB's highest strikeout rate. The right-hander seeks his first win since August 6th. And then you have Michael Fulmer, 0-0 record 879 ERA. Fulmer will make his sixth start back from Tommy John surgery, likely another three-inning stint as he tries to get his mid-90s fastball sinker and slider back in line. He gave up two runs on three hits to the Cubs on Wednesday. I would expect some runs in this game. You have two pitchers with elevated ERAs. You have Michael Fulmer, who, even if he pitches fairly well, will only give you three innings. Not much to discuss. I think I covered enough when talking about the deadline and the trades that were made, especially the trade that the Tigers made yesterday. So I'll be right back here tomorrow talking about uh, what will be tonight's game between the Tigers and the Brewers. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much much appreciated. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. When you go to my personal Twitter account, you will find the link to my YouTube page. Please subscribe there. We are over a thousand. And with movie theaters apparently reopening in Michigan here pretty soon, I am very excited to get back to the multiplex and see some, uh, some big time films on the silver screen. So that will do it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.